Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, L. Russ, and you can find more about me at lruss.com. Today, we have Dr. Elizabeth Rogers. She is a purpose-driven classic doctor and epidemiologist turned expert holistic healer and medical intuitive. So this will be a wonderful, interesting conversation. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Elle. It's such an honor to be here. So tell us a little bit, you know, how did you, what, what was your intentions and desires for becoming a classic doctor and also epidemiologist, which is quite a specific area? And, yeah. and then, you know, how did you move into this other arena? Absolutely. So I've known since I was three years old that I was put here on this planet earth in this lifetime for one purpose and one purpose only. And that was to, that is to help and guide others to heal. So, you know, when I was a kid and growing up, I just thought that meant that, okay, well, I want to help people heal. That means I must want to be a doctor. So growing up, I just went on that very straight and narrow path, very traditional and followed that pathway. But I can tell you, Elle, as I went through that journey, I went through every level in my education and career and always was a square peg in a round hole and very much an outside of the box kind of person. But in spite of that, I I kept persisting. And so I went into the field of epidemiology specifically because epidemiologists are really experts at studying and determining the patterns and causes you know, root causes of health issues. And while a lot of my colleagues in epidemiology will specialize in things like infectious diseases, you know, so those are going to be my colleagues you see on the forefront of the pandemic. I chose to specialize in chronic illness because what I always believed is that there were always external factors, right? That impact our health and ability to heal that from a more traditional medicine perspective, we weren't always acknowledging or discussing and addressing with patients. So that is where I went. However, while I was working on my degree in epidemiology, I had a very life-threatening health issue, and that's what changed the course of everything in my life for me. I was on the receiving end of a surgery from a surgeon who left me bleeding internally on the inside and never told me about it. This was a very routine procedure that should have just been to remove kidney stones. So not something that's a big deal, very low risk. Although I was a very young girl, I was 23 years old at the time when this happened. So I was the rare patient. Typically, kidney stone patients are older adults. Although in spite of that, it still was a very typical and routine procedure. However, I was left on the receiving end of a life-threatening consequence. So I had no idea this had happened to me. I continued to bleed internally in the hospital and went into septic shock and went honestly came within hours of losing my own life. I said goodbye to my friends and family. I literally remember the day that I watched the look on my brother's face, my youngest brother, as they wheeled me into emergency surgery and told my family that there was nothing they were going to be able to do to save me, but that they were going to try. And I went into that surgery in that moment on that day, believing that this was the end for me. But through divine intervention, I came out of that surgery alive. And L, I knew in that moment in the recovery room, through all the pain and suffering, 
that I was awake and alive for one reason and one reason only. And that was to fulfill my purpose. I knew that I had to stay here to do exactly what I'm here to talk to you about today. At that time, I started to really look at the traditional healthcare system with a different lens because I was trained and bred and educated by that system. So I believed in it wholeheartedly. I believed that's where all the answers were. I'm a research scientist. So I believed and trusted and had faith in the traditional healthcare system in science and research. However, that experience changed the way I thought. And I started to see nothing but the gaping wide holes that exist in our traditional mainstream system for those with chronic health issues, but in particular, L, for those who want to heal and not just simply manage their health issues. So that was the beginning of a very long journey for me, L. And at that point, I started struggling with a lot of long-term chronic health complications. And I'm sure you can imagine, right? I not only had physical chronic health issues that all manifested as a result of the serious complications and damage I had in that surgery. So, you know, lots of GI issues, chronic constipation, digestive problems through the roof, hormonal imbalances, right? So lots of systemic problems that I was struggling with, but I also was really struggling with emotional and mental health issues, lots of anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder. I had to go into counseling because after I left the hospital, I didn't sleep for six months because I was having nightmares about the surgeon who had left me bleeding internally in the hospital. I get this. I get this. This is such a, you know, and I would say that I also, like when I discovered what I found out about the truth of the ignorance of uninformed doctors about thyroid. It was, I had to do so much healing work on my, now I'll still get fired up and talk some smack about doctors and stuff in this arena, but I had to do lots of healing on my resentment and anger. And I remember one time, and I've told the story before where there was one doctor that kept being like, you're fine, just eat more and, you know, like eat less and work out more and only tested my TSH and all this kind of stuff. And then later I found out what I found out, I fixed myself and I realized that sucker was so fucking wrong and just kept trying to give me four different birth control pills to slap a a solution onto a symptom, not looking at the holistic. Right. And I remember one time I walked into a CVS and I saw him and it was like full on triggered PTSD meltdown. Like I just, I, I, he didn't even recognize me, but I saw him and I literally just immediately started sobbing and walked out of the CVS and was like hyperventilating and had to call a friend just because of what I felt he had quote done to me. Now, you know what I mean? He of course was doing what he was taught, totally uninformed. We can blame him for whatever, but oh my gosh, I can totally understand you having nightmares about the person that sort of quote did this to you. Yeah. I mean, like I get this, this is tough. Yeah. And I love your story and resonate with you just at such a deep soul level for this of many reasons, because I know that you have been there and done that too. And I also had a similar experience where even after I'd gone through counseling and I had really faced a lot of that trauma that had happened to me on the hands of the receiving end of that physician, there were, there was years later, I I actually went to here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, there's a local casino my brother and some of his friends were going there to celebrate his birthday and they had invited me to come along. So I went just to hang out and my brother and I were walking together and off in the distance, I saw him, I saw the surgeon who did this to me and he was standing with his back to me holding a glass of wine. 
And I just looked at my brother and I stopped dead in my tracks. And I said, oh my gosh, do you know who that is? And he just looked at me and he said, I know who that is. And, you know, in that moment, I had this moment of, I wanted to run after, I wanted to go rip that glass of wine out of his hand yep. and throw it at the wall. And <laughs> totally. and how, how dare what a dummy you was and what a horrible, yeah. <laughs> but I had the same, I had the same reaction you did. I realized, I thought, um, my guess is he won't even know who I am, but what I, I do know L and believe about these doctors who did these things to us is that, and one of the many reasons I'm so passionate about the work I do now is that what I believe it's up to you and I to do now is to help stop them from hurting other people. Because what I do know and believe was that I was just one of many. And what I do know and believe is that traditionally, since this type of physician works with older adults, I believe that he has unnecessarily killed other people. Sure. However, nobody would question that because as an epidemiologist with expertise in gerontology and aging, what I know for a fact is that a surgeon could very easily just say, well, you know, this was a, a risk factor we knew because your, you know, your loved one was of a certain age. So we knew this was a possible outcome that could have happened. And we blame and we'll blame it on age and no one will ever question it. And I, that's something I struggled with for years, you know, years inside my mind. So I have so been there and L I know you'll agree with this. So at this point in my journey, you know, like I said, I'd had these physical, mental and emotional chronic health issues I was battling and I went from specialist to specialist, just mm -hmm. like you, and we'll use, you know, my digestive issue just in and of itself as one, one of many examples I could share. You know, when I asked, well, why do I have inflammation in my gut? Well, because you do Elizabeth, and you know, there's nothing we can do to cure or heal right. this, but we're just going to have to manage it with this medication. And, you know, will you now, will you feel better a hundred percent of the time? I'll never forget I will never, ever forget the gastroenterologist saying this to me, you know, and are you going to feel good a hundred percent of the time? Well, well, no, no, but you're just going to have to manage it. And I just kept hearing that repeating in my mind, you're just going to have to manage it. You're just going to have to manage it. And, and at that time in my late twenties, I remember thinking, but no, I, I should not just have to manage it. And, and what does it mean then to manage our mental and emotional stuff on top of the physical? I just found that to be quite absurd, to be honest. So, right. Well, and what you're speaking to, which is like the overall point, I think, you know, of your life is Western medicine as it is can be a lifesaver, but it yes. is, you're either asking for a pill or a surgery. A gastroenterologist is not even going to hear anything about, they think you're a you're, they're going to laugh at you if you talk yes. about a food. An allergist is going to laugh at you if you talk about a food. They're going to they're going to just patronize you if you mention B12. Any any of these things because they're looking to and this is where I say you end up like a freaking quilt getting patched work versus having someone look at the whole and the integrative and the functional medicine like the yes. whole entire connection because we know with what you and I know that your brain and mood and everything was off because of lots of these things, right? It's all connected, exactly. you don't just isolated. So again, going and that you know, the worst thing with thyroid is people go to endocrinologists because they figured that they're the best. They're also the most steeped in ego. And I had so many people discount me, right? And so it's just it's just amazing. The truth is you have to be your own health advocate and you do the best doctors are the integrative physicians who yes. are looking at so many factors and not just trying to get you out in a 50 15 minute, you know, uh, session because it was on your PPO or your HMO. Unfortunately, you're going to have to go in above and beyond and work with doctors that aren't in the hands of insurance companies, meaning they don't 
practice medicine worrying about being sued and they don't practice medicine based on what an insurance company will dictate or not. And that is a doctor that's truly going to get to the bottom of whatever ails you. Yes, it is. And Elle, you are, you just so nailed it. And a comment I'd love to add to that, you know, before I keep going with this story is that after I left academia and my traditional careers, research scientist and practicing in the clinical settings, I went out and worked for one of the big HMOs here in the United States, Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield, right? If you're from the US, you know, Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield. And I thought, all right, that's it. You know, I'm breaking out of my traditional career and I'm going out into the industry and I'm going to break it. You know, I'm going to fix the, in, I'm going to fix the system from the inside. This is the way I'm going to do it. But what I learned inside that system, L. And why I ultimately walked away from that to start my practice is because of exactly what you just said. And what I learned inside of the walls of that system was just exactly how intertwined and connected the insurance is with the actual health care or lack thereof sometimes that we deliver inside the walls of those clinical settings. Because what we are seeing when we walk into the doors of a majority of those doctor's offices are not necessarily men and women who need support with their health they are, we are seen as a potential market for the products that they can sell to us and like you said if you're you're going to either a surgeon or a practitioner know that the majority of the time what you're going to be offered inside of those walls is a management solution and i love the way you said the patch you referred to the patchwork quilt because i could not agree with you more. And what I felt that I was being, what was being done to me for personally, and what I see in so in all each and every one of the clients I work with today are a bunch of broken puzzle pieces. And I feel that this system has done nothing but a very successful job at dismantling us and all the into a million pieces when what we need doing, like you said, is taking a step back and looking at the whole person. So I grew very tired at that time of feeling that traditional medicine was completely overlooking the root causes of my health issues. And what I really was looking for, Al, was somebody to help me put the pieces on my puzzle together. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, you probably had to do it yourself like I did, which yes. <laughs> I was going to say, and I, I have a feeling, you know, where I'm going with this. And that's what I wanted, right? I wanted, I didn't just want someone to help me me put the pieces together out and to help me connect the dots and identify what's really at the, at the root of all of this, what's really got me stuck, but I wanted somebody to listen. I wanted someone to give me the time and the presence where they actually made me feel like, okay, yes, he or she actually gets it. I can tell they're listening and I can tell that they are going to help me figure this out. Whatever that means. So at that point in my, in my journey, I actually started really exploring the alternative health realm. So I went and saw functional med docs, Ayurvedic doctors, Mm -hmm. holistic doctors, acupuncturists. I saw several naturopaths and while I felt like they were, and they did, they gave me more pieces to the puzzle than I would have ever gotten out inside the mainstream arena. But Ultimately, I still felt like I wasn't getting all the answers. Mm -hmm. And so I had this kind of moment where I really was at my very worst and where as a doctor in my doctoral career, I was actually studying the factors that impact our ability to either reverse or prevent chronic illness. And what I was really studying at that point in time was the impact of our environment and our social and, and our social support 
And at the time myself, I was in, um, you know, happy to share with our audience that I was absolutely in an emotionally abusive relationship. So I'd kind of hit this wall in my, in my healing and I'd made a lot of strides on my own, but just again, was at that time and place where I was staring myself in the mirror through tears and wondering what is missing. Something is still missing. Something is still off here. I'm still missing the root cause. I'm still not getting deep enough. There's something deeper here and nobody's helping me figure it out. And it was one of those moments when, you know how I think we all do this to ourselves, right? I think we all have a purpose, right? We all have a dream. We all have something we'd love to fulfill in our lives. But I think so many of us stand in our own way because we think we have to, you know, heal to a certain degree. We have to achieve X, Y, and Z, and then I'll be ready to do it. But in that moment, I realized that if I wasn't going to walk away and give myself a chance and try to heal myself, that I was going to die, that I was going to die bouncing from doctor to doctor, specialist, to specialist, and never get those answers and become what exactly they were predicting I would become, which was just a shell of myself in survival mode, constantly trying to just simply manage my issues and keep it together. And that was a pathway that I had zero interest in stepping one foot on. So at that point in my career, I started using my epidemiological skills. I realized I am literally trained to identify the root causes of health issues. Why have I been not putting myself? Like, why am I relying on other people? Yeah, I thought like, what did I, why did I always think the answers were somewhere outside of myself? Maybe I need to take a step back and, and give myself a chance. And so honestly, that's what I did. And I started in addition to my training, my, my very formal training in the traditional side of epidemiology. I started then training with a lot of different holistic doctors and doing as much as I could. At that point, I started also training as a medical intuitive because Elle, what I learned on that journey, and I think is just surrounding everything you and I are talking about is that there are so many levels and layers to healing, right? It's a multi-dimensional process. And that while we can get so far by addressing those physical root causes, like we're talking about, inevitably there are going to be emotional things that need to be that right, to- or the relationship you were in that would exactly never have, if you stayed exactly. in it would have never have gotten you to place because that's the, even if you had done all the other things that would have been a component affecting you or exactly. And, and I just want to rattle off a couple. Like I've interviewed too many it people who cured themselves of MS, rheumatoid arthritis, told they were going to be in a wheelchair forever. Oh well, you have rheumatoid arthritis. It's the way it is. You just need to go on this biologic. Um, oh, you have Hashimoto's, your antibodies are always going to be there because they don't believe food or you can do anything about it. And we've just seen these things not to be true. It is just that they are uninformed and they are in the classic system. And that's just not their wheelhouse and that's not their expertise, which is why you do want to seek out a holistic, integrative type of physician who is going to look at this, including... You know, my doctor, actually, a couple of friends have seen my doctor, Dr. Forsman, who's on my book, and he has given interesting recommendations to some of them, according to them, that like he didn't give to me. Like he told one of my friends, uh, he said, you know, honestly, you need to like put your bare feet in like grass. You need to go in nature. You need to ground yourself. Now he didn't tell me that I'm always in nature. I'm hiking all the time. And it was interesting Uh because my friend who was suffering from several things, when companies started to have people work at home during the pandemic, 
he didn't have to drive in the car for two hours anymore. We'd go out for walks in the evening in the beautiful mountains, beautiful area. And suddenly his sleep got better suddenly. And I said to him after about five months, I said, you know what? It's funny that Dr. Forsman had told you you needed nature. And it's funny because that's all we've been doing because no one else is doing it in this world. And now look at where you are. So it's just so, so yes, yes. The mental side of it. Yes. Food matters. And that's the other thing too. People who just think that they can take a thyroid pill and then they'll be done. It's like, well, I hate to tell you the truth though. You have a part in this, right? Mouth to anus, right? That's your job that no one can force you to do or not do. You have to help. You can't, I guess, and I know you would say this too. The biggest message is, is if you're looking for a doctor to save you, you have already failed. You need to persevere and also sort of try to become, you're an expert in it. When you're persevering, you find the right people. You find the answer. You do. You absolutely do. And don't you think too, that's so much of it. You know, I think this is so hard for people to conceptualize because we don't have enough doctors and healers talking about this, but so much of it's just about your intention, right? Because everything really is an energy and a frequency. And if your intention is there and is to heal, you know, then all the rest will start to fall into place. But I just feel like I watch this silent epidemic of powerlessness and hopelessness at the hands of mainstream medicine. And I have, I can't tell you how many clients come to me and are elk just truly traumatized, traumatized to the point that we need, I have to facilitate actual healing modalities around these traumatic experiences because people have been so damaged by some of their experiences inside that system that they come to people like you and I in looking, you know, in desperation, looking for the answers, but deep down, truly still questioning, can I really do this? Is there really hope? Because so many people have already told me the opposite of that. Right. Or, or I'm sure you get this a lot too, which (laughs) I get it too. If people are like, I'm not even sure you can help me. I'm such a disaster. I've gone to 500. I'm like, yeah, I know we hear that a lot. That's okay. You're going to be fine. (laughs) Like you can do it, you know? Um, And again, because they're so defeated and so have lost hope because they've tried everything. And meanwhile, their family members think they're crazy hypochondriacs because they're like, well, how many doctors are you going to go to? And, you know, this kind of thing. And I also just want to touch on, you know, mindset. So like whether people believe this or not, the truth is, is that like, for example, when you're not speaking up in life and you get that choked up feeling in your throat, those things can lead. Yes. Issues like thyroid or related. And that's why I'm always like, that's another, you know, part of confidence and speaking up. Right. The other part of it too, is the first time I went through hypothyroidism, I didn't understand this, what we're talking about intention or even thinking you could, what would be beneficial about changing mindset? I just didn't even know any of this stuff. I just thought life happened to you. You're a victim. You know what I mean? Yeah. Until I learned it. And then, so after my first bout of hypothyroidism, I had learned this stuff so that when I went into my second bout, that was a reverse T3 problem. I was like, oh, and I listened to healing guided meditations and I knew, you know, and I also did have the hope because I had solved it once before. So I had a little inkling of like, hey, hey, you can do it again. You did it once before and people told you that shit was impossible. And everybody said you were crazy and you did it yourself. You can do it again because I was left in the dust a second time. And that's when I started to incorporate those things I had learned, you know, that to be honest with you, I can't say they were direct causation of again, me, but they helped my mindset. My fear helped my hope during that time. And of course I eventually prevailed, but 
again, mindset being so important because when you keep getting fatter and fatter and nothing works and you're hypothyroid and you're a mess or whatever, you keep having rheumatoid arthritis issues. If you, whatever you haven't solved yet, we start to go, damn it. I need to lose weight or I need to get better or I'm such a pain. And it's hard. It's hard mentally. It's hard physically. Sometimes all the hormonal interactions aren't even working where you can access happiness and feeling that vibe. So it can be a little tougher, but it's worth the effort. Can we talk a little bit about mindset? And I'd love love to hear either your, your personal opinion or like what you kind of did for yourself in these moments, but also maybe if you, you know, have an example of someone who's come to you, who, where mindset was like kind of one of the big keys for them and, and perhaps what that was. Oh, absolutely. I have some awesome, awesome, awesome examples. Um, so many good ones. And, you know, to start my, to start, you know, us off on this, on this topic, what I want to say is exactly along the lines of what you're talking about, Elle, I love that your journey was so much like mine in that, you know, I think it's so important for people to know that once you get onto the other side of some very, you know, manifested physical, mental, or emotional symptoms, and you heal yourself from them, it doesn't mean that then you cruise at high altitude into infinity for the rest of your life with un, you know, unscathed from any other types of health issues, healing. And, you know, just like I do, it truly is a lifelong journey. And I have had many times where some of my issues have started to resurface again, or many times when a new issue has come into play. And the truth is, like you said, and I loved that you used the example of weight loss is that, right? How many of us have done that before? Tried to make a change for our help, for our health, whether it was to help ourselves heal and feel better in any way, shape or form. And it hasn't worked forever, right? There has come a time when we've realized, well, this isn't working, right? Because the truth is that we have to actually be who we want to create. So, you know, I always think of that example with weight loss, right? First, how many of us have decided, okay, you know, that's it. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to do better. I'm going to help heal my thyroid. All right. I'm going to do better. So what am I going to do? Well, that is exactly, I just highlighted the answer right there. We do, right. As soon as we decide we're going to make a change, we start doing, we start doing all the things. So with weight loss, you know, we go out and we clean out the fridge. We throw out all the junk food. We grab our healthy list. We go out to the grocery store. We start finding all the healthy foods. We start doing our exercises in the morning and we're doing, and we're doing, and we're doing, but we're doing all these things without ever taking a step back and considering the being who is doing all of this work. And so what happens to us usually, Al? The change doesn't last, right? Eventually people fall off the bandwagon. They go back to their old ways and habits. I think this has happened to countless people. Um, Everybody, I think at some point in their life can relate to this. It's happened to me countless times earlier on in my journey. So I completely, completely get it. And, you know, psychology has taught us that, you know, we always revert back to our identity, you know, and our identity is what drives us. And so to me, this is really where mindset comes in, because if what you are trying to create with your behavior is not consistent with your identity, that behavior will not stick in the long run. So you have to be willing to let go, you know, of who you think you are and how you've done things, you know, and because let's face it, the truth is that if we're, if you're somebody out there who isn't where you want to be, it's likely that where you've been is not necessarily where you want to be. So isn't necessarily going to get you where you'd like to go. 
You know, so we have to make space for all of those incredible healing, healthy habits and behaviors that we want to take on. So, you know, while I think that the silver lining of when we struggle with health issues, whether they're mental, physical, or emotional, is that they're forcing us to pay attention. You know, and as soon as we pay attention, then we start to feel like we're ready to make a change. But really that foundational mindset shift is so incredibly important. And I just literally, I have two client examples that stands out in my mind that I'd love to share. One's one's related to this mindset piece and the other's related to just how much energy really impacts our health and wellness. And we really don't give it much weight, I think. And we don't give it, I don't think we pay it the due attention that it deserves on our healing journeys because I really often think of that equation, you know, E equals MC squared. And we focus so much on the M, the material, the physical, the doing, the stuff, the strategies, the tips that we kind of forget about that other side. So, but backing up, you know, I had a client that came to me, he's, we've been working together for several months now, and he's been doing all the things trying to trying with to no avail to change his healthy heal to change his eating habits to change his lifestyle i've created a you know what i now i don't call i don't call anything i create for a client a protocol because to me protocol comes along with this connotation that it's a temporary solution and what i want people to understand is that healing is a lifelong journey so what i really feel i'm helping people design is a lifestyle that they never have to heal themselves from. But this client of mine is struggling so incredibly much, can't stick with any of these things, just can't do it at all. But we hadn't yet even talked about this transformational mindset work. So today we dove in and I just said to him, you know, first of all, let's talk about who is the healed, healthy you, right? Who would you be if you already had the ideal health, vitality, energy, radiant wellness that you're that you're after here. Who would that person be? Because the truth is that even though we don't typically feel like that person when we're starting out in a lot of the way through that journey, we have to know and believe, Elle, that we are that person. So you don't have to feel like that person to be that person, but it's so important for us to define that person. So anyone listening, this is such a great tangible tip and exercise you can do on your own at home. And Elle, I will tell you, this is something that was a game changer for me on my journey that I still implement every single week of my life. But journal, so journal on these two questions, on these three questions, you know, number one, who would I be if I already had and fill in the blank, you know, for you is that if I already had ideal health and wellness, or if I already had, you know, um, if I already had the weight loss that I've been wanting to, that I've been craving, if I've already, you know, whatever that, whatever it is. Yeah. If I already had the career I loved, right. It could be anything. You're setting the intention. Yeah, exactly. That's this doesn't exactly, this does not have to be just related to your health health. Exactly. If I already had my multi-million dollar successful business, you know, if I already had my best selling book, whatever it is you want, who would that person be? You know, because you would probably be full of self-integrity, right? You'd probably be committed and responsible. You know, things I write in my own person, when I answer this question, is I say things to myself, like, I would never abandon myself for anything or anyone. Mm -hmm. So, because to me, so much of healing, Elle, is a rediscovery and a reconnection with ourselves and who we truly, truly are. Because I think you and I both know when we're dealing with these types of health issues, 
all that stuff, our true self, the essence of who we are, it kind of gets buried underneath all that stuff because we're just trying to deal with it. We're just trying to get by. We're just trying to search for answers to remove all that stuff so that we can just connect with the essence of who we are and feel like we feel that motivation and empowerment to pursue whatever it is we're going after. You know, so who would that person be? And then thinking about what would that person do, right? Because ultimately being is what leads to doing. So what would I, you know, the second question to all of you listening is what would I do if I already had blank, you know, so completing that statement with the exact same phrase, but now what would that person do? You know, you are much more likely to do those things and stay consistent with them. If you are being, and you are aligned with the being that you just worked on creating in that first question, you know, so you'd probably organize yourself. You'd probably prioritize your self-care as a non-negotiable. You know, for me in the past, something that was always really important for me that my, I worked on with my client today in, in our session is I would draw clear boundaries with my friends and family to support my healing goals, mm-hmm. right? Boundaries can be such a challenge for people, especially those of us if, if any of you are like me out there and you're a recovering people pleaser, you know? Oh boy, that's a topic. Yeah, I could go in front. we could do it four hour. Yeah. And then finally, the third question is, how would I feel if I already had what, I, and then fill in the blank, right? Mm-hmm. You would probably feel full of joy. You'd feel free to pursue your business as that badass entrepreneur that you know you are without- you feel grateful. Way. Yeah, And because the, you know, and I want everyone to think about this, the way I envision this and the way I explained it to my client is B equals do equals feel, and then equals have, you know, Mm. because it's who we're being that all of a sudden elicits that frequency that puts everything else into alignment for us on our healing journey. And I love this. I love, love, love. This is one of my favorite kinds of work to do with my clients because my favorite thing to do is after I give them this little assignment that I just shared in brief with you today, I love sitting back and watching them put the work in because when they do, it's literally usually by my estimation on average, about a week later that my client will send me a message and I'll check in with them and say, Hey, you know, how's the daily journaling going? Let's talk about that. You know, what's it bringing up for you? And usually, you know, they'll tell me, well, it's bringing up a lot of emotions Mm -hmm. because start to think it does start to help you reveal other levels and layers to yourself that maybe you hadn't thought of before that we need to do some healing around. And the other thing that they always tell me is, I know it is, is they say, now I get it. Now I get it. Yeah. Like like, I see this is important now. It's not just hippy dippy crapola. I get it. It Yeah. And you, because you have to feel like this person to be this person. And so my goal is always, you know, when I tell people to do this exercise, like I did with my client today, I always tell them like, don't do this as if you're just doing it to like check off, check it off of your daily to do. Yeah. List. Because you have to feel the feelings of exactly. you can't just write it down and have it be a whatever. Okay. I wrote the thing exactly. and now I'm done. Yeah. Exactly. Cause that's where so many of us go wrong. I think with manifestation is we think as long as I just do the thinking, you know, we go into our human brains and we think, okay, I just have to think it and visualize it. And then it's just all going to fall into my lap. But if the feelings aren't there, you know, it's those feelings that generate the energy and the frequency 
that all of a sudden starts to make that magic happen. And I yeah, watched- you almost have to experience the feeling of the thing before it arrives. And it seems backwards because you uh, people yes. go, well, how am I supposed to feel wealthy when I'm broken? I'm living paycheck to paycheck. And you're like, I know it sounds crazy, but guess what? Here's the, the this is what I always say. Well, I asked the pe- person like, have you ever like worried about something that never happened? And everyone could say, oh yeah, yeah. you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is. Let's say you've just been fearful of something happening and, and then and, like it didn't. So you basically used your pretending and you used your emotions to pretend in the future to a negative. So why wouldn't you do it with the positive? Because exactly. everybody does it in the negative. Right. And that's what worry is. It's using your emotions to create something you don't want. But also most of the times those worries never come true. Yet you were so busy going forward into a future in a negative way. And that none of that stuff was happening was all in your head. And yet you won't do it in the other way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And Elle, don't you agree that I think when we think about that, I'm sure you would, I I feel like you'll resonate with this and have so much to say that one of the things we're doing when we're stuck in that negative, vicious cycle in our minds is, is kind of standing in our own way, because how can we heal if all that worth, right. I, it makes me think of that quote that you create your own reality, right? It is so true. I often say to my clients, let's first. Actually, that originally came from Seth, by the way. And that's my Bible is the nature of personal reality. It's one of my favorite really deep philosophy books. And Seth was the first person in the seventies who said, you yep. create your own reality. There is no other way. Now I know a lot of people listening are going to have injections. They're going to be like, Hey, I didn't get asked to be mugged on the subway last week. And I would say, Hey, things happen. It's just something to learn from, or maybe you need to like watch your back a little bit more, but if you got mugged five times, then you could go, okay, maybe I need to look at uh, some things I'm doing or, or what I'm attracting. It's not to blame a victim. It's to say that you can co-create and work with this some way, but it's worth trying. And if you haven't tried yet and you're just resistant to it, well, then that's you just blocking yourself. And what does it hurt to try? Um, And I just want to offer this in this conversation too. So for the people that are out there that are like, because I know, and I've been here, which is like, you look at your body in the mirror every day and you're like, I've got to lose weight or I hate my legs or I, you know, and again, cause you know, you're trying to solve a health problem and you're not there yet or whatever it is. And if affirmations like I'm beautiful and in a perfect body don't feel right to you, cause it feels like you're lying to yourself. I get that. You can always change it to catching yourself on that thought and saying, you know what? I'm in the process of restoring my body to a state of health and balance, or I am in the process of being at my perfect weight, or I'm in the process of releasing weight versus losing. There are other ways to mitigate affirmations to make them feel better for you. And sometimes it could include the word I'm in the process of. Exactly. I love, love, love that you said that because it's so true, right? And maybe this will be helpful for people too, that maybe are, have a little bit of skepticism around this topic that our, think about it this way too, our bodies and not just our bodies, but our organs, even down to our cells, our individual cells and molecules are innately intelligent beings. And so the more that you are thinking, you know, if we're always thinking about being sick and talking about being sick and talking about not feeling well, they are listening and absorbing the energy and frequency of those thoughts and the feelings that come along with them, right? Because those thoughts come along with some really heavy, deep, strong emotions, right? And your body is absorbing all of that down to its very microscopic cellular levels. And in that way, how can they fight for you? 
if they are listening to everything and that's just, and to me, L, I think about our experiences in the mainstream healthcare system. How mm. many times have our organs, our thyroid glands, our adrenal glands sat in doctor's offices and listened to them say, well, you're just going to have to manage it. Well, are you sure? Are you sure you just don't need a counselor? Well, I think it's maybe all in your head or, you know, that famous, well, you look good, you know, um, right. Right. Or, or, or well, depression, even though they're on thyroid hormone replacement, but the doctor doesn't know what they're doing. So they're still hypothyroid. And the doctor's like, well, depression is a symptom of hypothyroidism. You're always going to have it. And I'd be like, no, you're a doctor that just doesn't know how to treat it because if you treat it properly, you don't have any symptoms. That's the whole point of treating yourself for hypothyroidism is that you get to the point where you don't have any of the hyposymptoms. That is the goal. And that doctor is just uninformed and doesn't know how to do it. So then they go, oh, well, you're always going to have this because of this. And you go, no, no, no. If you treated me right, I wouldn't. So then people have this in their head or then they give them the Prozac and it only works for three months and then it won't work because you never got to, again, optimizing that person, let's say in this scenario, on thyroid hormone, right? So um, just what's imprinted, you know, I have a great story uh, real quick, but I had a friend whose doctor for like 15 years always was worried about their cholesterol. And at different times, based on their cholesterol labs would say, you'd have to take a statin, this, that, and the other. So I saw my friend's doctor years ago for thyroid. And I told my friend, Hey, just so you know, your doctor's really, really done when it comes to thyroid. And I know he has a degree from Harvard, but I'm just letting you know that I'm concerned that if he doesn't know about this, he might not know about some other things. So just letting you know. Anyway, they kept going with this doctor until recently. The doctor again says, oh my gosh, I'm so worried about your cholesterol. I'm going to send you this famous cardiologist in LA. He goes to the cardiologist. The cardiologist looks at the lipid panel, says, oh gosh, you need to get put on a statin. He goes and fills the prescription for Lipitor and check it out. He's in the car and he just happened to turn on a podcast I did with my doctor on coronary artery disease, <laughs> where my doctor is explaining like the ratio and also explaining what statins are and that no one should be put on one unless they have a CAD score that su suggests that they should and, yeah. and blah, 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 and going through the whole thing. And my friend's listening to this and he's going, holy crap. So finally he goes and sees my doctor. They, My doctor's like, first of all, your lipid panel is fine. The people are just reading it the old way, but let's just we'll clear it all out by getting you a CAD screening. And his result was zero, which is what it should be. And I bring this up because my friend had a health story imposed on him that he had some problem, probably afraid of eating saturated fat, probably afraid, always kind of worried like, uh-oh, my heart, uh-oh, my cholesterol, uh-oh. And none of that for 15 years was ever freaking true. And then he finds that out 15 years later. Like, and this happens to a lot of people, right? They find out they never needed to have their thyroid removed or they never needed to have that hysterectomy. I mean, it's a really crap day because- it was put into your head that this was something you had to worry about. And then finally, someone's like, actually, you're perfect. And you don't have to worry about any of this stuff. Yes. I love that. Talk about divine intervention for your friends. Oh, my yeah. God. We're True. still laughing about it. To be honest with you. Oh actually, they went out and they made a T-shirt that said, like, my... HDL to triglyceride ratio is excellent or something. <laughs> just to be like, they were like, I just have to make this t-shirt for myself. And I was like, that's hilarious. Yeah. I love this story so much. And it's so important, right? Because what I also feel like you just nailed is something that I always really try to talk with clients and really anybody that comes to talk to me about health and wellness about is that when we talk about the root causes of illness, there are actually eight different categories causing illness or life struggles. And only one of those L is physical. One of them you literally just nailed right there, which is those stories can actually create a manifestation of such negative thoughts and emotions 
that that literally becomes the thing that's standing in our way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a, it's a story imposed on you that you actually just didn't go and investigate further to find out whether it was true or not. And you just believed it until one day you seek further and you find out actually that's not true. Or even if it is true, I might be able to change it where no one said that I could. Exactly. This is some of the kind of unique healing I work with my clients around is how do you actually facilitate if someone comes in is like, and I realize, you know, gosh, you just have a story that you inherited because it was ingrained in you and you believe it now. How do you heal around that? So even facilitating for people healing around these types of things, you know, negative thoughts and emotions, trauma in current lifetimes, current relationships, you know, your environment. So your physical body needs are really just one of those categories um, of root causes But there are all these other areas, you know, oftentimes it can even be our ancestors, you know, negative energies in our field. These things really absolutely do contribute to our ability to heal and be healthy and well on a daily basis. And I just think it's time that, you know, what I hope, Ellen, I know you, you, you touched on this and I wanted to mention it earlier. So I'll say it now is that what I hope is that through the kind of work that you and I and all of our amazing colleagues out in the field do is that I hope we can inspire the integration of this type of work more into mainstream medicine because it is so needed. And what I feel is needed is really where it will start is with the education, you know, the curriculum that, that healers, that providers, that practitioners go through, Um, You know, they get 45 minutes of a public health lecture Mm -hmm. in four years, and that's typically um, sponsored by- And and no nutrition, no nutritional. No, no, none at all. None at all. It's why they'll laugh when you talk to them about food or they'll dismiss it and make it seem like, how could you heal yourself with food? That's just silly, you know? Right. Or it doesn't matter whether you eat that or not. It doesn't right. affect anything. And then you see everyone eliminates that substance and their antibodies drop from 325. And then you're like, what the, <laughs> you know, but you know what? There's no money in doing studies on that. Right. So of course it's, it's again, you've got to be willing to try different things because it's like that Einstein quote, right? You can't get to the answer by keep doing the same thing you've always been doing, which like you said, is the go, go do, do mode versus B and the other side of it, that we are fully integrated mind and body, right? I think some of my, I just throw out some of my favorite authors on the topic of intention, mindset, and healing would be Lynn McTaggart, who wrote The Intention Experiment and also The Power of Eight, seeing yeah. the intention with groups of people of eight and how that has really helped people with their ailments and chronic diseases. And then also, I think the audiobook uh, of Anita Morjani, Dying to Be Me. She is probably the most famous near-death experience uh, case that we have in the world. And it's a New York yep. Times bestselling book for a reason because it's all documented. Um, so it's not, it's like almost unchallengeable. And it's it's pretty amazing. I think I've listened to it probably three times in my life because it touches on all of these things we're talking about in the mindset arena. And for those of you that don't know, Anita Morjani was like near death with stage four lymphoma. She had tumors all over her body. She went into a coma and in that coma experienced something. And it wasn't like God showed up to her. There's a white light, but she had this sort of experience that is really profound. And when she woke up out of the coma, she looked at the doctor and she goes, I don't have cancer anymore. Check my body. And they thought she was crazy. Right. 
And then they did, and there wasn't any. And they're like, well, this is impossible. So we have to keep searching for it. And they did. And all of her tumors had shrunk. It was impossible. The the, the levels of evidence that she has is just impossible. But the way that she talks about it in what she learned with mindset and how to look at things and dealing with fear is so healing and so incredible for anyone going through a health journey. I really suggest that book. I love, love, love that book. It's, and like you said, I mean, the evidence that she has in this, it's irrefutable. It is. It truly is irrefutable. And I think to anyone out there who looks at who this sounds new to, or who is skeptical, I it's, I, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't recommend it more. And then I guess Joe Dispenza also has some really great work on it and there's lots of other people, but those are just the ones that come to mind that are very impressive and has, have incredible, you know, case studies or evidence uh, to support that intention matters and mindset matters. Yeah, absolutely matters. And, you know, I will tell you, and Elle, I don't know what you think about what you've been through on your healing journey, but I know for me, that has been the one thing above and beyond everything else I've ever done that has always been the game changer. You know, even the times when I was putting in the work, you know, physically doing all the, you know, taking eating, you know, healing myself with all the right foods, taking all the right supplements to give my body the nutrients that it needed to be able to thrive and heal. If my mind, when my mindset was out of whack, it was 10,000 times harder. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of the good. Well, and the other thing too, is so let's say someone's suffering with anything and, or your adrenals are off, you're stressed and, you know, you have a lot of stress in your life. Can we just then turn off the freaking law and order every night? Do you need to see rapes oh and murders? Like we know that shit is out there. So this is a huge thing of what you're deciding to imprint your subconscious with. And uh, so for example, if I'm, if, if there's some stressful thing going on or a member of my family, anything happening that might be a little bit extra stressful, I stay away from all that. So I kind of do anyway, I'm mostly a comedy person, but I stay away from that stuff. But you know, I noticed one time I had a heart rate monitor on like a, you know, wristwatch and I was watching, it was like, it was like the Denzel Washington movie called flight where there's like a crazy yeah. plane crash. So like that, that's not plane crash, but the this crazy, like stressful, you know, like really stressful. And by the way, I'm not a huge fan of flying. So watching this and I looked at my heart rate, mom, I'm like, Oh my God, the amount of cortisol being blown through my body right now, just watching this scene. It's like, I could have afforded it in that moment because I was, I'm healthy and I was out of it. But if you are in a state of disease and you need to repair yourself and your body and your mind, stay away from things that are going to spark and ignite your cortisol and other stress factors like that. It's not worth it. And it matters. It absolutely matters. And Elle, you know this just as well as I do that what we're also doing doing in those moments when we watch those things is not just triggering our fight or flight, which for so many of us, especially now in the society- that Already we're, triggered. <laughs> we're already all triggered and it's overworking and overtiring those poor yes. adrenal glands that are already shooting off so much. And at the more overactive and overburdened they are, the more that they are producing toxic and corrosive adrenaline that is actually at that point, then becoming a full, a fuel source yes. for the health issues that you're actually trying to, to, you know, sitting there, hoping right, creating more inflammation on your already exactly. inflammatory body. Yeah. Exactly. And, and people just don't realize like, please, everyone check yourself, what you're reading and watching Get away from it. If you have a, you know, watch the comedies, laugh. Laughter is so healing for a reason. Um, you know, listen to audiobooks on happiness. Listen to and watch, uh, 
you know, videos of people talking about how they have overcome your exact health problem because they're out there and, and start to go into the mode of hope and, you know, healing versus negative imprinting. Exactly. Exactly. So tell us, because we could talk for five hours about this. I know. That's good stuff. (laughs) So you know what? Because once you've experienced it, it it is really something that you won't then ever give up again and not attend to. And when you notice yourself being in a limbo uh, phase, maybe not negative, maybe not happy, but just kind of, ah, that's also the time to get into the mindset stuff, to get into the happy vibes. But tell us, um, we'll put everything in the show notes to connect with you, of course, but tell us where people can find you. And um, I obviously used to work one-on-one with people so we can come to you for, for help as well. Always, always. I'm always here for support and help, Al. It's my passion and my purpose in this lifetime. And you can connect with me via my website, healthytransformationswithheart.com, soon to be drelizabethrogers.com. You can find me on Instagram at drelizabethrogers. We have an amazing face, private Facebook group called the Women's Wellness Collective, just a really beautiful, safe, sacred healing space, which is always my goal to provide in any capacity, whether I'm working with somebody one-on-one, whether you're coming to me just to do a one-off session in a consultation, whether you're working with me closely for three to six months or longer. You know, I have some clients that have stayed with me for several years, some that just come in for a few months, but just a really nice place to find some community connection and be in a safe, sacred healing space where ultimately you always know that you're unconditionally welcomed, loved, and accepted to show up as you are at any stage and phase of your healing journey. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. And I'm so glad that you have the standard Western background combined with what you've leaned into now. That is the perfect combination right? To, to help people. And, and, and it's what we need more of and, um, gosh, so I really commend you and and thank you so much for sharing your work with us today. Thank you so much. You know, I think it's so important that I serve as a bridge between, you know, science and spiritualism and traditional and holistic. So it means so, so much to me to get to connect with you today. Thanks so much. And for everyone else, we will see you next week. Primal Blueprint listeners don't compromise on pantry classics. Whether you're going keto, paleo, in the middle of a whole 30-month, or adding to your Primal-approved arsenal, Primal Kitchen has a full range of mayo, ketchup, dressings, and oils that add flavor and variety to any meal without ever compromising on ingredient quality. From avocado oil-based mayos bursting with flavors like kicky chipotle lime, creamy classic, zesty garlic aioli, or savory pesto, to unsweetened ketchups and organic mustards, there's a condiment to complement every taste bud. Be sure to stock up on Primal Kitchen avocado oil, extra virgin olive oil, and new balsamic vinegar of Modena to add ease and great flavor to any dish, whether you're grilling, baking, broiling, braising, sautéing, or stir-frying. Primal Blueprint listeners can get their favorites 20% off when they use the code PRIMALBLUEPRINT at checkout.